0: Hello, howlers. A couple quick warnings before we get started today. First warning: this podcast contains adult content. We have a very important message.
1: Don't be a pixie.
0: Second warning: this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising universe. That's if you true. have not read the books. Please go read them and then come back and listen to the podcast.
1: Also, how did you end up here without reading the books? Yeah, this is like episode, I
0: don't know, 17 or something (laughs) like that. 16?
1: Get out of here.
0: (laughs) Fucking weirdo. Where can you find us on social media, Aaron?
1: At HowlerPod. H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. No space.
0: That's on Instagram. MySpace. Twitter.
1: (laughs) Zanga. What was that one (laughs) called?
0: facebook there's (laughs) also an etsy store out there for you email
1: us howlerpod at gmail.com
0: and now howlerpod
1: oh it is me it's always been me boyo Hello,
0: Howlers. Welcome to howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown.
1: He's pretty cool.
0: He's pretty cool. I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I'm joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers.
1: Live long and prosper, Howlers.
0: <laughs> we are here to talk to you guys about... Golden Sun. Surprise, surprise.
1: Again, if you're here and you're not (laughs) reading Golden Sun, how'd you get here? Who are you?
0: What chapters are we doing today?
1: We've reached part four, aka the last part. Ooh. Chapters 40 through 46. Getting
0: down to the nitty gritty.
1: Second to last episode of Golden Sun.
0: Some reveals today.
1: Ooh, big reveals.
0: Let's talk about what actually happened in these chapters.
1: Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summary.
0: Really hope we don't shit our suits.
1: Amen to that.
0: All right. Part four. Ruin. Chapter 40. Mud. The little girl detonates her EMP and all the electronics in range of it die. Darrow and the howlers fall into the mud of the riverbank. Sinking to the bottom, they are trapped in their lifeless star shells sitting ducks to the bologna forces who kill those stuck in the mud on the banks darrow is completely stuck at the bottom of the river but before running out of air he cuts himself free of his star star shell with his razor and manages to free ragnar as well darrow inhales just before reaching the surface but Ragnar pulls him in, up into the mud at the top. Darrow grabs a razor, a weapon meant only for gold hands, and forces Ragnar to take it, stating they aren't gods. Ragnar and Darrow make quick work of killing the remaining Bologna forces on the riverbank before saving the rest of their men from drowning at the bottom of the river. Thistle, seeing the razor in Ragnar's hand, tells him to drop it. The surviving howlers check the bodies on the riverbank, realizing how many they have lost. Only several—Thistle, Clown, Screwface, and Pebble—are left, along with eleven of the original fifty Obsidians in Darrow's force.
1: That's bleak.
0: That's a lot of dudes dying,
1: and girls, and girls, sexes, dudettes, <laughs> pricklicker. Anybody can be a dude. <laughs> he's a dude she's a dude we're all dudes hey (laughs) chapter 41 achilles darrow divides the team up putting ragnar in charge of a team of his own and they're all obsidians aka no golds darrow hands ragnar another razor thistle little bitch objects but severo tells her to shut it and threatens to cut her down if she makes a move against ragnar Darrow hands a razor to another obsidian, and Severo begins passing them out to the rest of the group, saying, Don't cut yourselves! And then the obsidians depart towards the wall. Darrow's group must reach the sovereign before she escapes. Severo is the only one with semi-working grav boots, and so Darrow and the other howlers strip their heavy armor and take off on foot with only their razors and scarab skin. Severo flies ahead and warns them of any passing Grey forces, diverting them onto safer routes. There is an instance, though, where they hit Greys, and Darrow is shot through the bicep. The war rages around them. Ragnar and his obsidian successfully open the gates, and Mustang successfully blows the shield surrounding Aegea. Severo manages to lift Darrow to the top of the wall surrounding the citadel, but his grav boots fail as he's trying to lift another howler. And, of course, Darrow being Darrow, drops into the Citadel grounds, leaving his howlers behind as several screaming at him to stop. He's trying to Darrow! go. <laughs> he's like, don't fucking go, you idiot. <laughs> um, Darrow's trying to catch the Sovereign before she escapes. He runs towards the shuttles, spotting the sovereign and her praetorians and bodyguards all entering her shuttle and not the decoy ones. It begins to rise and retract the ramp, but Darrow leaps and grabs onto the edge of the ramp and manages to roll into the bay just before the door closes.
0: Chapter 42 Death of a Gold. Darrow looks up. Six praetorians, Carnus, Abalona, Aja, Fitchner and the Sovereign all look down at him. He's like, shit. Did not think they were going to be <laughs> right in the cargo Should bay. <laughs> this through. The Sovereign tells Aja to cut off Darrow's head, but Darrow has the pulse grenade he ripped off a gray before jumping into the shuttle. He does a whole, like, I'll just blow us all up.
1: It's very uh, Mission Impossible Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> he tells them to land the ship. The Sovereign instructs her pilot to roll, and without grav boots, Darrow hits the ceiling and uh, falls back to the deck, dropping the grenade, which Aja then kicks out the open hatch. Carnas he wants him some Darrow, uh, but the Sovereign refuses to let him kill him. Fitchner tries to make multiple pleas for Darrow's life, saying he could be ransomed, he could be taken as a prisoner, he should be publicly hanged. The sovereign's like, what's up with that man? You must, you must like him too much. Now you're gonna have to kill him. Mm. So before Fitchner makes a move, Carnus, being a big, dumb Oof. brute, uh, lunges at Darrow, saying, "I'm gonna kill him first. Darrow stabs him through the gut, chops off his head. Nice. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, another Praetorian lunges, and Darrow throws his ra- razor stabbing him in the chest. Aja tosses Darrow around a bit, then the Sovereign again tells Vichner to bring her his head. Vichner goes to Darrow, but instead of killing him, we find out that he is Ares! (laughs) What the bloody damn fuck! (laughs) (laughs) I think it
1: says bloody fuck damn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Such a sneaky, sneaky shit-eater. He shoots his pulse fist back at the Praetorian's and tosses a sonic grenade as he flies out the back hatch with Darrow, howling as he goes.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's like howling like a wolf. So good. Oh man. That was a good part. Chapter 43, The Sea. Darrow wakes with Mustang snuggled up beside him. Boom, 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 It's been a week since the assault. <laughs> Darrow learns that Arch-Governor Augustus was rescued and Roke captured more than 80% of the Bologna fleet. Cassius and his mother are missing and the rest of his immediate family are dead. Fucking the, murdered. They're murdered. Civil War is now in full swing. Mustang warns Darrow, again, to stop allying himself with her brother, the Jackal, because he sucks and he has Mustang so he doesn't need him. Better version. Better twin, yeah. Boops. <laughs> She's got <laughs> boobs. Definitely <laughs> makes her better. <laughs> Daryl breaks down, crying, succumbing to the guilt of the many friends he has just lost and the ones he's lied to. And he sobs as Mustang holds him. He eventually quiets down, and Mustang begins to kiss Daryl softly. <laughs> he finally lets go of the guilt from his EO time. <laughs> And they have 50 shades of red <laughs> rising sex. <laughs> 50 shades of red <laughs> rising <Six>. sex.
0: <laughs> Chapter 44, The Poet. Roke, the Telemonuses, the Howlers, Mustang, and Darrow spend the day on the estate relaxing and playing games. Like, they're having a good old time. Ooh, D- do you think
1: they played Exploding Kittens?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. They probably listened to Pod. Darrow goes to Roke. And apologizes to him, or well, at least starts to apologize to him again. But Severo interrupts and says it's extremely urgent. Reap! Reap! <laughs> hey, hey, reap! <laughs> <laughs> Roke walks away, saying, Friendship takes a minute to make, moments to break, and years to repair. Severo informs Darrow that the jackal has taken Mickey, Evie, and Harmony. Shit's about to go down.
1: Chapter 45: Gifts. I come bearing gifts. Darrow arrives at the Jackal's newly claimed fortress citadel in the mountaintop city of Attica. Victra is waiting for him and walks him in to see the Jackal. Darrow has come to quote, "show his commitment and allegiance to Victra and Adrius by bringing them both gifts." He gives Victra petrichor, aka the smell of stone before rain falls. And then we don't learn what the jackal receives because an alarm goes off. Someone has breached the jackal's fortress. A flash grenade bursts through the window and Victor Darrow and the jackal are all stunned. The sons burst in wearing cacodemon masks. They kill the greys and kick the three golds to the ground. Ragnar then enters and takes three stun fist blasts to the chest before he falls. The jackal has a masked intruder, a.k.a. Sevro, shove a scorcher into his mouth. Until he gives up his security codes. Then Darrow is up and, quote, shooting at the intruders as they, quote, shoot back, (laughs) all missing, purposefully, before the intruders then leave, and they are locked inside the room. Darrow presses the jackal into thinking his chief of security, Senwa, is the one who betrayed him to the sons. Sets her up. And Darrow's really bad at acting.
0: (laughs) Chapter... 46. Brotherhood. Darrow is reunited with Dancer at the Sons of Ares warehouse. You know the one. Darrow learns that his family is still alive and living in the mines. Mickey enters, kisses Darrow, and sobs into him as Darrow holds him before he eventually calms and leaves. Fitchner is there and Severo comes in as well. Fitchner tells Darrow his story. He fell in love with a red girl named Bryn, I believe. They had her carved to be able to bear a gold child, and Severo was born. While Fitchner and Severo were away, the Board of Quality Control found out, took his wife, Bryn, and disposed of her. That is why he became Ares, to break the wheel of society that chews up its people and spits them out. Because there isn't just one person to blame, it's the whole system that's fucking broken, guys. It's broken. Bitchner tells Darrow the plan. Darrow is to be adopted by Arch-Governor Augustus. Augustus will then become sovereign after they de- defeat Octavia. Then they're going to have Severo kill straight up assassinate Augustus, and Darrow will inherit the empire. There's just one problem. Darrow wants to go home to Lycos first, and he's got to tell Mustang what's up.
1: He wants to bring Mustang. Too like.
0: This. Yeah, he wants to take her there. He wants to tell her everything.
1: I feel like it's a bad idea.
0: It's probably a bad idea.
1: <laughs> and that is the end of our chapter summaries.
0: Hey, we made it. All right. Oh now. my
1: god! Like, first of all, lots of crying.
0: Whoa! This is this is a fun set.
1: Also, I really hope when they make the awesome show, they have Tom Cruise teach <laughs> the whoever plays da- plays Darrow how to run like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Because that's how he's running, like, full out. Oh, yeah. All, like, his his entire life is in that run. It's definitely
0: some Mission Impossible and running. And that's
1: how Tom Cruise always runs. <laughs> yes. Chest out, arms pumping. Yes.
0: Fingers straight.
1: Fingers <laughs> ready for aerodynamic running. Yes.
0: And just huffing. Yes, I agree. Okay.
1: Uh, he I digress.
0: He definitely needs to take Tom Cruise running lessons because Tom Cruise is the best runner of all time.
1: And, unfortunately, Tom Cruise is not... Young enough to be Daryl at this I, point.
0: He would be a great Daryl if he was taller. 17 and <laughs> taller. <laughs> like three feet taller. <laughs> all right. All right. Now that we know what happened in these chapters, we need to talk about the theme that ties them all together. This week's theme is...
1: A reset.
0: We're kind of resetting the table here. And so... That's the idea for these chapters is it's a reset. The idea here is that Darrow reaching the Sovereign ship, like him clawing onto that shuttle ramp, pulling himself in there, that's like the culmination of all his efforts in Golden Sun. But at the same time, it kind of completely fucks up Ares' plan.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Darrow is so lucky. He would have <laughs> definitely died.
0: Yes, he was dying in that moment. It results in Augustus' win, so therefore, now we're in full-on, we've got straight-up civil war here, Mars versus Luna. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the sons of Ares also, we got to make a new plan, like we just talked about. And then, also, these moments have forever changed Arrow. He is no longer willing to hide himself. He wants to be more open. He talks about how he wants to be this new man. Where yeah, he can when talk about his truth.
1: When he's like uh, comforting Mickey, he says, "This is who I want to be." He wants he wants to be more open and right. not feel guarded all the time. I think also like Severo knowing and accepting him really broke down all his barriers that he had built up.
0: Oh, for sure, that's the first step. Like as soon as he's able to share that burden, I think that just takes so much weight off of him that. Uh, you can see it like immediately afterwards. He's already telling Ragnar and then like three chapters later. You're like, slow down, buddy. (laughs) Right. But by the end of that, he's like, I have to tell Mustang because I can't keep doing this. I'm like, that's such a good idea, Daryl.
1: Fucked. So (laughs) is this when she gets pregnant?
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, she's a one one shot (laughs) Willie. I'm not even sure if that's a saying, but I just made it up.
1: (laughs) Red sperm. We were just
0: talking They're about. They're fighting
1: through the barriers. He doesn't need Ragnar yeah. to get to those eggs.
0: You were just talking about his spermies in the last episode, <laughs> like one of the last episodes. Yeah, we're like, are they red spermies or
1: gold spermies? <laughs> They're
0: obviously gold. He's got gold spermies.
1: I yeah. di- I don't think so. I disagree. Because um, Brynn was, uh, her fallopian tubes were modified, and Severo's half But red. she was still a red. I know, but her tubes were gold.
0: She was just, her a tubes gold were just made so that she could receive. Fallopian gold. This is getting too weird. All right. So there's a couple places we see this. The main characters where we see this are with, like, this reset idea is with Darrow and Fitchner. But there's also another character where we see this. And this is kind of a setup for the change with Fitchner and Darrow. And that's with Ragnar. Mm-hmm. So Ragnar gets the chance to use a razor, He also gets a chance to lead.
1: Also, not only use a razor, but, like, fucking kill everybody with a razor. (laughs)
0: Dominate with a razor. He's
1: like, watch (laughs) this magic trick.
0: (laughs) So, a couple of quotes where we see this first kind of reset. Because this is an idea, like, the Obsidians are not allowed to use these razors. This is a huge, huge deal for Darrow to put this razor in his hand.
1: And Ragnar looks, like, scared,
0: Oh, yeah, he drops it at first.
1: And it's crazy because Ragnar is like the beastliest beast man ever, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. Well, he's still attached to those old ideas that Daryl's kind of trying to pull him away Mm -hmm. from.
1: They are not gods.
0: Right. And so that's exactly what we're about to talk about. Daryl says, I pull a razor from the body of a dead gold. I can't tell who, and I hand it to Ragnar. It's only ever seen gold hands. Ragnar drops it like it's made of fire. I shove it back into his trembling hands. They aren't gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then before he's sending him to uh, <laughs>
0: open the gates at the wall, he says, I give you no golds, I tell Ragnar. Do you understand what that means? I do.
1: <laughs> it's in bold, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this can be a beginning, I say quietly. I bend, picking a discarded razor from the sucking mud. It is a man's duty to choose his own destiny. Choose yours. I love that. Fucking love that shit.
1: Obviously, Thistle is like, drop that. What are you doing? She's being a little bitch. And then also, when confronted with it again, Clown isn't as aggressively opposed, but he's saying to Darrow. Curious, more like. So Clown says to Darrow, Darrow, what is this? It's my army, I say. You remember the Institute. You remember how I bleed for those who follow me, how I do not take the allegiance of slaves. Why now are you surprised by this? Because it's real?
0: It's a great point. And this is, I love how Darrow continues to achieve his goals, but also is able to just like Trojan horse these ideas of breaking society along with it. Like he's achieving the goals. He's being a sneaky sneaky. Exactly. He's... Achieving his goals for House Augustus, but at the same time he's setting up the greater goal for the Sons of Ares, and these are the first steps right yeah. here.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is a true reset right here because, like, like we talked about, you are not supposed to give these racers to Obsidians. They're fucking dangerous, and, and people see them as like dogs, basically.
1: Well, and. Obviously, it's out of fear because the obsidians are physically more powerful than right. the golds. Well, yeah, that, in the, size and strength.
0: Right, that's a good point because the dark revolt was the only time, like, when the obsidians rose up. That was the only time where the golds were like truly challenged since they've taken over. Mm-hmm.
1: And as we know, Daryl continues to hand razors out, <laughs> uh, including to Cephi and when they go to take. Oh yeah the cloud atlas, whatever the hell they go to, (laughs) on the ice. yeah, And it it happens again and again where they're like, I can't touch that. And it's like so ingrained, obviously, from birth that they can't touch these razors. It's Mm -hmm. crazy.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way they're raised and that their history, you know, they basically their entire, almost the entire population was destroyed and then raised up again. With seeing golds as gods, and they can't touch this technology and all that stuff like that, and it's just Darrow bringing them out of that and letting them see that they're human beings, and that's what I love about Ragnar's journey is that like he starts with seeing himself as just like this object, as a slave, as a tool for Darrow to use, and then Darrow lets like as they move along, Darrow. Brings him into the light, and we see in these chapters, like, Ragnar saying, I'm a man. And him saying, like, him seeing himself as an actual human being.
1: So, that was Ragnar. Mm-hmm. Now we have the second reset, which we kind of touched on, but it's with Fitchner, right. a.k.a. Ares.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is, I mean, this is obviously, this is the big turn moment in the end. Like, in the whole series. Okay, okay, much.
1: okay. Bring yourself back to virgin reading.
0: I, that's what I was trying to think about. I like, can't even... Re- I, I can't really I feel either. like I've always known I that know. he was Aries,
1: but I know that that's not true. But I've known for so long now that it's hard to remember, Um, like, if I even suspected, and I feel like I didn't.
0: I don't think I did at all. Like, we are just talking with, we've recruited a couple new howlers of our friends, and they've been reading the the books recently and they both like two of them just got to this part like it's richer, sure. yeah. Like, yeah we know <laughs> and they were super surprised and i that's why i was like trying to think back like I, what uh, yeah i bet that's how i felt oh i'm too. sure i was too like this was a, those were the good old twist. days because like daryl getting to this moment you got to think about when you're first reading this like this whole thing is such a sprint once they start the iron rain like
1: he took some cocaine
0: right not literally it's a sprint because Darrow is sprinting across (laughs) but also like just figuratively it's a sprint starting at the iron rain like there's so much action i think this is like i'm pretty sure i started reading the iron rain and then just did not stop until the end of the book like had to finish and when you get to this part your freaking mind is just blown
1: yeah, you have to go back and reread cause you're yeah. like, I don't even know what just happened. Yeah, it's like
0: how do you like how do you even believe it? And I just love I I wrote this down like just because it's a little bit of foreshadowing. As Darrow was running up uh-huh. on the ship, he says The Praetorians hurry, running up a long ramp into the shuttle's belly with the sovereign. I catch her face as she ducks into the ship's belly. I see Aja among her entourage and Carnas and Fitchner. That ugly, traitorous son of a bitch. (laughs) He is a traitorous son of a bitch. Just the other way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Foreshadowing (laughs) is what you typed in all caps. (laughs) Which, by the way, I still read as like, Foreshadowing! Foreshadowing! (laughs) (laughs) Then, Fishner says, We can leverage him as a hostage... Fitchner says quickly as the ship rises in the sky.
0: He says multiple he says stuff like this like yeah. multiple times. And like, oh,
1: we can have him hanged publicly. He's yeah. trying to buy himself time because he realizes how fucked he is, and he's just trying to not get Darrow killed. And this is even more foreshadowing. Right.
0: And then this is like our real reset moment. Cause I mean, at this point, Daryl's on the ship. He's Fitchner's boy. He's the hope for this. Rebellion basically, Fishner's worked himself up into this spot, but he's got to, he wants to save Darrow's life. And so he has to basically give it all up. And he's like, We'll, we'll figure this out.
1: He makes a huge sacrifice,
0: right? And I love this line from Darrow. And this is still before Fishner's turned, obviously, or before Darrow has any idea who he is. He says, Fitchner's beady eyes swell with sadness. Born the lowest of the golds, he rose to the top on merit alone. What a man to think I ever thought him weak.
1: That's and this cool. is Darrow in the mindset that he's about to die. Right. And He's having, you know, all the last minute regrets and flashbacks and thinking he's about to meet mm-hmm. Eo. Yeah, he's like and in he's, a fog of... Right. He's all delirious from all the blood loss. But mm-hmm. he's, he's seeing Fitchner as like, A father figure, he even says, Uncle Nero? And Fitchner's like, no, it's me. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to see, like, in these last moments of Darrow's life, quote-unquote, that he, like, sees the respect and love that he actually has for Fitchner. Right. Who he's, like, posturized, like, hating him this whole time. Right.
0: He's calling him a traitorous son of a bitch, but then he... Like, at this moment before death, like, he kind of has that clarity, Mm
1: -hmm. and he
0: has, like, a lot of admiration for him, which I think is really cool. Uh, And then this is, like, the moment.
1: This is not foreshadowing. This is the... This
0: is the real... The thing. Shadowing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is shadowing us with knowledge.
0: (laughs) He says, you bloody damn fool, he says in a low whisper, shaking his head. I had it under control. I didn't... I blinked through the fog. What? It is me, he says. It's always been me, boyo. The fog disappears. I look at, look up at him. I look up at Ares as he dons his Rage Knight helmet and shoots his pulse fist back at the Praetorians, sending them scattering. He tosses back a sonic grenade. Fitchner, the Sovereign, roars, traitor! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fitchner, Ares, terrorist lord of the underworld, howls like a wolf as he carries me to safe harbor.
1: Amazing. So amazing. That was obviously cropped up.
0: Yeah, I, I cut a few lines out.
1: <laughs> Dude, I wish spoilers. I wish we had more time with Fitchner knowing that he's Aries. And by the way, every time we've had with Fitchner has been fucking hilarious. Like the whole scene where he lands on Luna and like shoots everyone with pulse fists.
0: That is a really good point because, like, at this moment, like especially like the chapter afterwards, mm-hmm. your mind's kind of going crazy with all these possibilities. Like, oh, we can do all this. Like, Fitchner's Aries now. We've got this new plan. Darrow's going to even become, spells
1: out the plan. Yeah, right.
0: Darrow's going to become sovereign. You get this whole idea of the reset in your mind of and like, you're like oh, what you expect. This is where the books. are going, like,
1: Darrow's gonna be, like, king of the, the universe. Yeah, they
0: set it up, they tell you exactly what they want you to do, and you're like, oh, yeah, that works out perfectly. Yeah. It'll work. And then you're like, maybe, sure, like, once Augustus becomes sovereign, like, maybe something will fuck up down the line, or obviously the story is not gonna be that easy, but, but then, fucking Pierce just comes (laughs) in with a, the hammer at the end that we're gonna talk about next pod, obviously, but, it's just like that's such a good setup because in your mind you're already resetting all this. You're like, now we get to have a whole nother book with like you said, with Fitchner as Aries. Like he's on our side. Yeah. And he's we sarcastic. feel safe again.
1: He's funny. Yeah, Lots of nice quippy lines.
0: Right. We're gonna like we're gonna make up with our friends. We're gonna get Roke back on our side. Like well. we've tricked the jackal.
1: Yeah. And Mustang's going to be like, I'm cool with you being red. We
0: had sex with Mustang.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> you said that like we did. Like it was like an orgy. We did. I'm totally down, Mustang, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> but then Pierce, you know, like he does, stabs us in the back.
0: He, he got us pretty good. And that. Why le- do we
1: like him so much <laughs> if he's such a dick?
0: He is kind of a dick sometimes. That uh totally leads us into our third reset, which is with Darrow himself and also kind of Darrow with Mustang. So it's all just kind of
1: Oh like Darrow with himself and then also Daryl with Mustang. Yeah, it's basically when Darryl. to become one. <laughs> <laughs> That's Spice Girls, Ben.
0: <laughs> I did not could not know, name that.
1: It's Spice Girls.
0: Okay, nice. I'm a Spice Girls fan. That
1: That's a song about sex, by the way. Really? Yeah. My favorite and Spice And I used Girl. to sing it when I was like nine years old, and I did not know what it meant.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have known it either. <laughs> I, I, my first CD that I ever bought was TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool, and I remember mm. not knowing what the word sexy meant.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> 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 nice. <Yeah>. That's hot. <laughs> So Daryl and Mustang.
0: Yes. Let's let's go on to do the... Do a
1: reset.
0: So Daryl kind of resets himself because oh, right. he's basically like, I am tired of being this person that sacrifices his friends and my friendships and also lies to them. And so he's just it's like... kind
1: of tearing him down. Yep.
0: I'm not going to do this anymore. So this is the moment where he is at the wall. Severo, where we're talking about Severo's taking him. He's flown him up to the top of the wall And then his grab boots fail and none of the other howlers can get over. The Sovereign's leaving. darrow has got to get to the ship. He says, some men have threads of life so strong that they fray and snap those around them. Enough friends have paid for my war. This one's on me. And then he jumps down and takes off. (laughs) And Tom Cruise runs. Yep, Tom Cruise (laughs) runs with Severo in the background going,
1: Darrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> but this is Darrow, he's just really feeling the weight of everyone that keeps dying and like so many people just died in that iron rain. Like more than we've known in the whole book series.
0: That iron rain plus the river moment just
1: Oh my god. It's terrible.
0: D- that's a tough time for him.
1: Yeah. Darrow's realizing that he doesn't want any more people to die. So this is kind of I think where he chooses to basically kill himself in effort to kill the sovereign. Like he wants to just take right. her down with him.
0: Yep. And then he's like literally on the sovereign ship about to die. This is like right before
1: after Aja literally manhandles <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. Just like throws him in the air one arm.
0: <laughs> he got he just is thinking to himself, I just I just Wish I'd seen Mustang before the end, told her what I am, so at last she'd understand. And that informs his decision after he survives. Like he's not going to do this anymore without telling Mustang the truth, which is applause to you, Darrow. Great job. You got to do it. Just tell the truth. Just do it. Yep.
1: So that brings us to Mustang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um this is kind of where we see the resetting of Mustang and Darrow's relationship and Mustang really allies herself with Darrow even after she's been kind of slighted by him. Yeah, going In terms of this, like relationship, there's violence. a lot of tension
0: between the two of them.
1: Right. Mustang basically like opened herself up and said ask me to stay and then he was a pussy and then she had to close that door on that part of their relationship. Right. And this is her being vulnerable, but again, like coming back to the table, even after that rejection.
0: Right. And it's like, just think about that moments before the Iron Rain where Daryl's like calling her on the comm and their conversations are short. Daryl wants to say so much, but Mustang is just like, you are stay, stay alive. I already gave you your chance to, you know, right? Let me in, and you didn't take it, and so he now is like regretting that. He's realizing it, but now that he almost lost his life, again, again, you know, I'm sure she was in danger too. It's just like at this point, they're like, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's more messy. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, we're gonna do she's this. Like, Screw you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the D. That's <laughs> what she says. That's, that was our quote for Mustang. <laughs> is that a
0: direct quote from the book? I'm getting the D. I'm getting the D. Oh, i
1: I'm getting the D. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is Mustang, actually. Before she declares oh, yeah. that. She says, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I pretended he wasn't a potential threat to us.
0: Talking about Roke.
1: Us, I know. Your job, I ask, which is, I've appointed myself your chief politico. So she's like, I'm on your fucking team. Mm-hmm. You're going to have sex with me now. <laughs> Mama thirsty. That's what she said.
0: Well, earlier, I mean, yeah. And then she goes on to say, basically, I, earlier I told you not to trust my brother. I meant it. I know you continue your alliance with him. Can't hide anything from Mustang. His companies are making you seem like a god, but it has to end. You owe him nothing. You don't need him anymore. You have
1: me. Once again, me. Second time she said that. I mean, bold. She's got like obviously she's got pride because she's a badass, gold, peerless guard, but she's very, very strongly rooting for Darrow, putting herself on his team, really putting herself out there, and trying to be like, dude, you need to like let people in.
0: Her strength is what allows Darrow to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, she's got me. I'm going to cry now.
0: Exactly. Like, it really is. Like, if she is not the strong character that she is, if she's not willing to do and take the steps that she does, Darrow would never open up to her. It's true. Yeah.
1: He's got a nice, strong lady.
0: Mustang's is shit.
1: All right. So, he says this now. Moving on to our, what are we on, three three or four reset? <laughs> and this is um, uh, when Darrow is... Th-
0: this is when he's made the decision to take her to Lycos.
1: Yes. Yep. Yes. So he's already back with the sons and thinking of Mustang. Mustang. <laughs> oh, no. The wine's kicked in. <laughs> Mustang. <laughs> this is everything. She loves me. I won't use her anymore. I won't leverage her. If I can't trust her... Gold can't change. And Titus and Harmony were right. Hell, the society is right. You and I know that it's not about our color, it's about our hearts. Now let's put that to the test. And hopefully Mustang doesn't fuck it up.
0: Yeah, because the, <laughs> what comes after that is really hilarious because somebody goes, What if she says no? And then Severo's like, I'll put a bullet in her head. You're
1: like, Whoa, man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm> down. <laughs> right, right. And then um, kind of just before that, this is with Mickey. Mm-hmm. This is a second tears moment with Daryl comforting Mickey and telling him, you know, I'll always come for you. And Mickey calls him his prince. It's very tender. Daryl kind of reflecting and says, this is the man I'd rather be. Not constantly on guard. Not lying through my teeth. Right. And this is really the core at Darrow's reset.
0: Exactly. Like, he is no longer going to hide himself. Like, he can't do this with his friends. He's finally, all his trials and tribulations through Golden Sun have led him to this point where he's finally learned that he has to trust in his friends. And that that is what's going to get him through this. Yeah. And he also says that like with I gotta
1: have friends. (laughs) Sorry. My I'm still writing the musical.
0: (laughs) For the Red Rising musical. Yes. He also says that with the sons, like too, when once they reset their plan and they're saying, you know, we're gonna let Augustus be a sovereign assassinate and whatever, Darrow's like, I'm not doing this alone anymore. We gotta have constant communication. Right. I gotta know that you're here for me. And he's just he can't just be alone worn, anymore. He's worn down. Well, you can't blame him. I yeah. mean, like the imagine the. He's like, like, like,
1: haven't I done enough for you guys? Right. I need some support.
0: We were talking about that a few pods ago. Like you, when he had broke down to Severo, she's like, "Can you imagine the weight of carrying that secret? Right. It would just be insane. It would just be even so even like a little tough.
1: lie in like your real life. Like you, you have to." Always be on guard that you're not like fucking up and saying right. the wrong word. And with him, it's even tenfold with his accent and like his native words right. from and, Lycos. And you
0: could just never let anybody know who you truly are. Like, right. That like your entire. Be,
1: they're like, "Tell me about your childhood." You're yeah. like, "Well, let me bullshit and hope I remember <laughs> this lie."
0: Yeah, it just would just be so. Like this is Darrow's reset here. And like we talked about, we also see the reset with Fitchner revealing himself and the Sons of Ares and then kind of leading into that. And it leads into the larger breaking of society as Ragnar. And he's kind of like the lower colors rising up type situation. So that's this week's theme. <laughs> resetting the table. That takes us to our Prime 5.
1: Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. You wanna go first? Yeah. Okay. Wait, before we move into this, I think we'll call the musical Book of Howl Milton. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> That's Book of Mormon and Hamilton combined with the word howl. Wow.
0: That's incredible. Thank you.
1: Prime five number one Darrow killing Carnes. What a little bitch. He says rise so high in mud you lie
0: (laughs) i love that daryl gets to whisper that in his ear after he's
1: stabbed he's like jen well he the craziest part think about this he not only stabs him through the chest he then pulls it out like by the the razor end wicked he's daryl's like already bleeding to death
0: himself like half cut
1: yeah oh yeah the collarbone daryl he cut through by the way I was like driving and listening and I literally was like, Ugh! I know. I was like, oh my God, I'm gagging. I wish
0: you could see my face right now because I was like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know why, like collarbone sounds <laughs> way worse than like That's getting deep. your arm cut off.
0: That's pretty deep.
1: I don't know. Collarbone? <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: That's like a shoulder hanging. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and yeah, and then rise so high in mud you lie and then chops his head off. By Carnis,
0: sweet moment right there.
1: How about you don't pee on any more people?
0: I just love it that Karnas is such a fucking dumb idiot. Yeah. And he rushes Darrow, and then Darrow just. <laughs> I'm doing some sweet fucking <laughs> razor moves right Are now. Are they
1: sweet? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he spins and just. Stas- is that what stas- a razor stas- sounds like? Yeah.
1: Like ice skating. It sounds exactly like that. So that was a uh, prime five, obviously, because you know, full circle.
0: Full circle moment right there.
1: And what's next on our prime five? Okay, this is
0: this one is one I'm very excited about, and that's we have some amazing Ragnar moments, like some precious. Aren't, aren't precious. they all amazing? It's true. We should we should really just love these moments while we have them. But these are some true precious Ragnar moments. The first is I love Ragnar getting that razor and beating that gold down. And then trying to get him to yield. Mm-hmm. And Ragnar yelling at him, I am a man. <laughs> yield to me as a man yields <laughs> to another man. And he's and he, just like... The
1: like, you're a dog. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then and then he's like, then you must die in the dirt. And he yeah. kills him. It's just like, it's a great moment where Ragnar is... he's. Finally, truly realizing himself, mm-hmm. and he is growing. We see this growth, and it's so amazing. Like, I I love these little moments we get with Ragnar, and like, we don't get much more Ragnar at the at the end of this book. That's true, yeah. And by the time we come back to him in Morningstar, he's like a fully realized human being, mm-hmm. basically. And like, these are the seeds of it. I just think that's so cool. Also, we get another like the legend of Ragnar moment. Because I love these moments where it's like people talking about Ragnar right. or the things that Ragnar's done, but we don't actually get to see them. And it's Severo relaying the news to Darrow. He's like, fucking Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> he killed the Wind Knight, almost right. killed Cassius. He,
1: and he said Severo's like, and everyone saw it.
0: Yeah. He's like, he raised the gates. He's like, the obsidians are going fucking nuts.
1: <laughs> I bet on both sides. He, doesn't he say, like, our obsidians? Or, like, which obsidians? Is it all of them?
0: Well, they have forces, you know, outside the walls ready to get in. So they have, like, greys and obsidians outside the walls. And then he opens the gates.
1: Here, Ragnar. Yeah,
0: exactly. I just love that. And we see this earlier when they're, like, the telemonuses are telling... Darrow about Ragnar, like he took a ship by himself. Basically, I just love this, like the legend of Ragnar, and he grows into the Shield of Tenos, and just
1: he's doing well. He's He's glowing up.
0: Just love you, Ragnar. Okay.
1: Hashtag Ragnar Glow Up. (laughs) So another prime five, obviously, is the Fifty Shades (laughs) of Red Rising, which (laughs) we we thought was pretty funny to say. Fifty Shades of Red, Rising. (laughs) Thanks, Ben, for that little tidbit. (laughs) By the way, neither of us are Fifty Shades of Grey fans. (laughs) Because we're interested in good writing.
0: That's true. Those books are very bad. spell check.
1: Did anyone... (laughs) Okay, Ben wrote this, If I'm going to read it. Did anyone else get uncomfortably turned on by this? No, it was not uncomfortably. I was just fully... (laughs) Realized in this moment, I I was in the love. I was fully enjoying it.
0: That's true. I mean, it just was a little hot and heavy there.
1: I love it. You clearly haven't read a romance novel. No, I don't read too many of those. Because <laughs> this wasn't that hot and heavy.
0: No, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, it's just Pierce, hot and heavy Pierce for Red just Rising. just
1: insinuated they were having sex. He never like said like you know I won't I won't get to our Yeah, we didn't get like a tied
0: up situation
1: or anything like that. No, I mean like he never like says like, you know, I slip inside her, which is like oh, definitely gosh. a line that that <laughs> romance novels say. <laughs> Come on, Ben, you need to read some worse books. Okay. I'll I'll recommend some to you later. Okay,
0: I'll take the next one.
1: 50 Shades of Red <laughs> Rising. Red Rising. Rising's in parentheses.
0: Red wasn't the only thing rising. <laughs>
1: He means Darrow's gold penis. All right. My
0: mom listens to
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) So, I will say, though, I mean, they, like, dated when we weren't even around between the Institute and the Academy. How did they not fuck already? I mean, nowadays, you know, you go to a bar and you go home with someone This is, like, long-term commitment on Mustang's part without any physical return.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Because
1: she clearly wants it. She keeps being like, hey, dude, let me in, quote, unquote, let's do it. (laughs) And then Daryl's like, I don't know, because I was married.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why. I mean, Daryl was just always hung up on EO until this last moment.
1: And he's hung up on, like, lying to Mustang. Sure.
0: He's a good guy.
1: Basically deceiving her into bed. Yep. (laughs) With his fake body.
0: (laughs) All right. Moving on. So this is just a random thing that I was, I don't know, thinking about. Why do you think Roke was chosen for House Mars? So we never hear the answer. Like Because several like, reap, reap. Yeah, he asked Daryl this question, and he's about to answer it. But we never get the answer. So why is it? I think it's because he's kind of fucking ruthless.
1: But in a very polite way. Exactly. Well, he's clearly ruthless. He just stole 80% of the Bologna ships. I exactly. mean, Exactly. Like, this dude's a... He's amazing at fighting, and clearly you have to have some rage in there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question. Like, yeah, I think there's just some hidden layers to Roke, even like he doesn't let people know about. Like... He's really good at war, like you said, and he's clearly got a ruthless side. Like, especially, we see that when they find out about Daryl being a red.
1: He's also not down for forgiveness. <laughs>
0: True, yeah,
1: he's very cold. It's in just these an moments, interesting question. Darryl. If you guys
0: have any thoughts on why you think Roke was chosen for House Mars, email us
1: or DM us
0: or DMS.
1: That means direct message.
0: At HowlerPod or HowlerPod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your answers, and maybe we'll read them on the pod. (laughs) Probably. We probably will if you send one. We definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) We're not desperate like Mustang.
1: (laughs) Also, Roke, you said he has layers, and I just want to say he's like Shrek. He's an onion. Oh, Layers. That was not Irish. That was like New York. Leia's.
0: I think uh, Shrek's Scottish, isn't he?
1: I can't do Scottish. Whatever. I don't know.
0: We'll, we'll move on from accents. I don't think it's our best.
1: <sighs> Mine are better than yours. That's probably true. So <laughs> number, <laughs> number four. This no, one this is... This is the last one. This is like... This is I'm one. sorry. I'm good at counting. Number last. Rogue. Sorry. <laughs> The Jackal. This one's huge. This is crazy. And by the way, I did not know this until Ben just pointed (laughs) it out to me. And I'm, like, reeling from this. (laughs) The Jackal slamming his head into the wall. Oh, my God. It's not just about losing his prisoners, a.k.a. Mickey, Harmony, and Evie. Mm -hmm. It's because at this moment... Darrow, being a red, was just confirmed to the jackal by Harmony. Right.
0: At this moment, he he knows. He
1: knows. The jackal knows, and he's really good at acting. So this whole time Darrow's there, and he's like, after the sun's come in, he's like, I'll kill them with you no matter what. The jackal knows he's fucking right. lying.
0: Because Harmony has already been cracked at this moment. So this is kind of like going into Morningstar a little bit and having some Uh, hindsight 2020 type stuff going on harmony is cracked and the jackal doesn't know for sure that darrow is a red she's just basically said that Mm -hmm. and at this moment it gets fucking confirmed and he's so pissed that he's been
1: bamboozled
0: by darrow that he's Fucking slamming his head into a a wall like a
1: psychopath. Well, he's so angry, and he's trying to keep it together because he still needs to lie to Darrow. Right. And he's just slamming, and Darrow like pulls his head away before he cracks his head open. And he's looking at him like, "What?" He's like, like "Dude, it's not that big
0: of a deal." And then. Just like that, the jackal's able to snap back into that acting that we were talking about in previous pods. Where he's
1: this, like monsters,
0: yeah, that type of shit. And Daryl's like putting his hand on his shoulder. He's like, "We're gonna get these guys." Yeah, and Darryl, and and uh, Jackal's like, "Yeah, we will. We're gonna get them."
1: It's it's and the whole time because we know Daryl's lying. We're like, "Be better at acting, Daryl." When because like when he's like brooding, when the jackal's like. Oh, we'll get him. I'm like, you wouldn't have acted like that if you I was mine. also trying
0: to think back like when I first read this. Like, did I think that this was a good plan? And I totally did. I know I did. I know I was like, "Oh, he got the jackal. Such a good idea." Like
1: Well, up until 5 minutes ago, I didn't realize uh, the jackal knew at this point. Oh
0: yeah, this is well, this that Darrow coming to Attica confirms it. Right. That's like he's already he's suspicious at this point. And then he confirms it with that action.
1: It's crazy. And by the way, this entire reread, I've been so suspicious that the entire book that Roke and the Jackal have known about Daryl. And I'm like, I'm, I keep waiting. Like, when do they know? I need to know when they know because they're both acting this kind is of the moment. suspicious.
0: Yep. Well, Roke is suspicious ever since he got the shit in the neck, but he doesn't know exactly what's going on. He's just kind of like, what's Daryl's deal? um and then the jackal i don't think he is suspicious of darrow until harmony says something and then he gets it confirmed here and that's why he freaks out the way he does like yeah. he's so angry at that moment and it, and also you got to think about his dad too because like the jackal's like he knows darrow is probably going to be
1: adopted
0: exactly and so he's like i'm not only Am I pissed about Daryl tricking me? Daryl's my arch enemy from the institute that embarrassed me. He's also going to take my spot with my dad. It's just like...
1: Who, by the way, he hates anyways, but... Exactly. Well, well, but also
0: he, like...
1: Wants his approval. Yeah, he
0: wants his approval so so badly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's all fucked up. Also, we should talk about the jackal just like taking this whole fortress for itself. oh yes
0: i wanted to talk about this because this is totally a james bond bad guy lair like, yeah
1: like cold white on like- top of
0: the mountains the ski resort like the glass windows yeah, all
1: concrete yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a james bond bad guy uh-huh. and i was i was like the first time i noticed that was just rereading it this time i'm a huge james bond fan and i read that as like Fucking the jackal. He's like Doctor Evil up there in that like ski With resort. Fur rugs. Yeah, like he might as well be petting a cat and have a scar on his face. But he does have a scar on his face already. I
1: need to interject here. Ben is such a big James Bond fan. <laughs> that last Halloween he wore the Pierce Brosnan like onesie
0: Oh, it's Sean Connery.
1: Oh, that was Pierce. Pierce I just connected that (laughs) Sean Connery when he was hot and young Mm -hmm. um he's wearing like a towel onesie and Ben definitely wore that to a Halloween party and it was fucking snowing outside
0: (laughs) just go watch Goldfinger and uh it's it's like in the first like 30 minutes of the movie he wears a powder blue play play suit is what it's called
1: it a, was a little it's basically a too romper. short for comfort. Yeah.
0: You can check that out on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All, right.
1: All right. That was our prime five. That was a
0: fun one. Uh, now we need to name our Primus of the Week.
1: The Primus of the Week is the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest.
0: Our Primus of the Week is Fitchner. Duh.
1: Because he's fucking Aries. Yeah, I don't think he (laughs) saved Darrow's life, aka the entire series, because Darrow's about to die. I
0: don't think we really need to elaborate a whole bunch on this one, but Fitchner saved the day.
1: I do want to elaborate. Go ahead. I want to say, like, as hilariously sarcastic Fitchner is, and especially him and Severo talking, I thought it was a really nice moment when. Fitchner told us about Bryn and the whole backstory. Mm-hmm. And we actually saw the tenderness when Darryl asked, um, What's your wife's name? And Fitchner's like bristles. He's like, Why do you want to know? He's like, Because I want to remember her. And that like shake, it like mm. shook his foundation. And Fitchner's like, This is why I'm fighting so that Bryn is remembered. So I thought that was a nice, we never really see the tender side of Fitchner except for his. You know, obviously fatherly love for Sevro.
0: Also love that Darrow's asking that question and like that's Darrow, you know, being a red and like mm-hmm. wanting to talk about that red woman. And also just being like, This is him and his he's got that empathy that we want to see from a main character that we want to get behind. And those are those little moments like that where he's, you know, asking about that the name in like I want to think about this person mm-hmm. and that touches Fitchner that story from Fitchner is just really really great you can actually read about that in the graphic novel
1: oh I have not read the graphic novel hey also we need to mention several Sons of Aries um the graphic novel Sons of Aries we need to um mention Severo because Daryl's like you're half read Sarah so was like, "I'm an endangered species." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys have some good lines there. That
1: was pretty good.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So Fitchner, congrats. He's do- fucking do- Aries, do- do- yeah.
1: Fitchner, Aries. Good job, Fitchner. Way to way to create this entire world for us. Yeah. Without bro. you, we wouldn't have Darrow. And saving the day. Seriously, this is crazy.
0: He saved our boy. All right, you know what it's time for.
1: What are we into this week?
0: you want to go first? You mean to you?
1: I think you should go first.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you guys some more musical suggestions this week, and I'm going to give you some more film scores to listen to because I'm a weirdo.
1: Because you're a nerd. <laughs> you're such a fucking nerd. So Make these are movie
0: it. scores that I would highly suggest listening to. Really, really good. All right. First suggestion, if Beale Street could talk, the score is fucking Beautiful.
1: What is if Beale Street could talk? It's a
0: movie. Is it a a good movie? Uh Oh, amazing, 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 amazing score. I would highly suggest it. Great, like violins and cellos and like probably violas. It's great. It's great. It's very beautiful. Also, check out the score for First Man. I did not. Love this movie, although it's it's grown on me as the more I've thought about it. Like, I appreciate it more than I did the first time I saw it. But anyway, the score is incredible. You should listen to it. I would highly recommend The Docking Waltz. Very fun. It's a good track on that score. Uh, one of my faves it should have been nominated for an Academy Award, but it was not, and that's bullshit. Aaron, what are you into this week?
1: Hi. So, this connects to our Howler Q&A, but... I'm really into a few Swedish musical artists, and I thought I should mention them this week. First and foremost, I've been a longtime fan of First Aid Kit, which is uh, two Swedish sisters, Clara and Johanna Södenberg. I can't read Swedish, I'm sorry. And they are a folk duo. We saw them at Bonnaroo. They're fucking amazing. I've loved them for at least five years now. I sang Emily Liu at my wedding. It's true, it was um, great. For my first quote dance, it was a song. <laughs> and, anyways, first aid kit. They're really good if you like folk music, great harmonies. And then um, I just recently got into Tove Stierke. <laughs> That's spelled T-O-V-E-S-T-Y-R-K-E. She's super cute, and I really love her music. It's very pop, and it really puts me in a good mood before work and such. And then I kind of happened upon Tove Lo because they have the first name is the same first name, Tove, which I don't know if that's common in Sweden, but Tove Lo, she's cool. Cause she's kind of like the Swedish Madonna. Cause like in every photo I've seen of her, she looks totally different. Kind of like Madonna did in her early years. Mm-hmm. And then you've definitely heard her song the And if you're talking body, you got everything wants to put it on me. <laughs> That's Tove <Toby Lowe>. Lo, <laughs> but I I don't know as many of her songs. Tove Styrke, super cute. I probably like her a little more. And then First Aid Kit is my ride or die Swedish band.
0: Nice. All right, let's move on to Howler Q and A. We've got a couple great questions from Rania Savela.
1: In Sweden!
0: I really hope I said your name right. If I didn't, please don't hate us. That sounded good. We love you. We're stupid Americans.
1: There's no umlauts. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, she is writing us from Sweden. The first question she asked is, how do you picture the characters and who would you want to play them if the series ever gets made? TV series.
1: Okay, so my answer is, I hope that it's people we don't know.
0: I would agree with this. I am actually a, a really... Big proponent of unknowns playing these characters. Right. So
1: think about um, Westworld or Game of Thrones. Um, I think when you when you see people who are new that we don't haven't known Game of Thrones, before, especially
0: like a lot of those younger kids, right, like you don't know new. at all.
1: Obviously, yeah, they were like kids when it started. I think it's good because then that person like is only that character in your mind. Yes,
0: and I would agree. I think these roles are going to be. Like dynamic enough and impactful to the point where you want a new face playing them that they can grow into it, especially since they're going to have to start at a young age. So, like, you know, like Daryl's going to have to be a 16, 18, 20 year old actor probably. You're going to have to
1: find some 18 year old who's like, okay, dude, you have to get jacked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that
0: probably won't be I think also
1: they'll probably do something like they did with. Captain America, where Probably. they make him all skinny and little, yeah. like my meme.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. So I would, I would agree with Aaron there. Like, I really, I would say, I, I want them to be pick unknown actors. Maybe for some of the like older the roles, old, like
1: Lorne like like could be known.
0: Lorne dancer, maybe have somebody that you know better, but I don't really know who they would pick for that. But I would, I would like known actors in those roles. But I would say for like Cassius Mustang, Darrow. You know, Severo, I would want them to be like unknown actors. And as far as like how I picture the characters, like Darrow, for some reason I like got really stuck on this him having like really sharp features, like the way Mustang describes him. So I always picture him as like super sharp features, like a pointy chin, like high cheekbones. Cassius, I always do. You see have as an example, like a, a famous example? Good looking, curly haired sex pot. I don't really. You.
1: So, yeah. It's probably not, like, the answer. But I will say, do you know Bill Nighy from... He's the guy in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. I think he would be really good as, like, Lorne or Augustus. He's just uh, such a good actor. Yeah. But one of the older characters. Because yeah. he's so serious and mm-hmm. dramatic. I think those... Actors uh, would need to be. I always pictured.
0: More I always pictured Nero Augustus as looking like Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. Like the really, he's like the really old guy in the very first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, that's how I always pictured him. Like the really high cheekbones and like very haughty. That's and, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I
1: like Bill Nighy then more for Lauren because he's yeah likable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need someone unlikable for. And then obviously the sovereign is. Uh, We've C- already talked about Cersei this. and Hillary <laughs> <laughs> Clinton. Yeah. So, but honestly, for me, I think about, you know, obviously Chris Hemsworth as like the ideal <laughs> Thor in terms <laughs> of probably more of a Cassius, but when he was younger. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like it has to be new people. All of our favorites are too old.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then Aranya sent us a one more question that says, what are you expecting from a possible TV show? So personally, what I'm expecting is, I really hope it gets picked up by like a streaming service with a lot of money. Like I really... <laughs> <it>
1: <laughs> Obviously.
0: needs to be Amazon, <laughs> Netflix, HBO. I feel like are the only Showtime. people... I would Yeah, Showtime. Those are the only people I really trust like being able to put enough money into the series to, to yeah. make it look good.
1: I've yeah I've had so many things books ruined like I didn't love the Magicians books but I did like them and then the TV show is garbage right I don't want that to happen to Red Rising
0: and then also our our main man James Copeland shouts to James as always bestie our our first fan we
1: be my best friend
0: <laughs> he sent us a Reddit post uh, that had some some information on the TV show. So we'll just kind of talk about some of the stuff And there. It said that, and this was another thing that I would think needs to be an absolute, like Pierce has to be involved as a writer or at least like a producer on the show. This information that James sent us says Pierce is the head writer on the show. And I think that's would be huge. Bloody damn right. Well, it's just like he already writes, like we talked about, he writes very cinematically And I just think that he's the only person that can really bring this show to life the right way. So in this post, it tells us that Pierce is the head writer. They already have a showrunner and director and producers hired. Somebody has picked it up, but not knowing who. It's some kind of streaming service. Uh, The budget for the show is, quote unquote, big. Uh, It's going to be live action. There's going to be multiple points of view. It's not going to just follow Darrow. There's going to be like 10 episodes per season. Uh, the gore level is not going to be turned down, so maybe we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed. Carnus get his head cut off. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to bring it back
1: to Fifty Shades of Red. <laughs>
0: oh, they're definitely going to add some sex scenes in. That's probably going to be a thing.
1: But maybe also collarbones getting cut in half.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're probably I to. Hey,
1: I'm totally cool with both. Throw them in.
0: They're gonna have to add some sex to it. I mean, it's just typical TV.
1: Well, well, what, if you see like how Game of Thrones went, it started lots of nudity and sex, and has moved like just only to violence. Like, mm-hmm. there's no more brothel scenes, right. and I wonder if it's because they realize people don't give a fuck about the fucking; they want to see the cool action scenes,
0: right? Yeah, and so those things are all, like, that is super positive. If that's what's actually going down, I'm not sure what the validity of this post is, but if that's what's actually going down, that's going to be fucking awesome.
1: Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, again, if you win the lottery, you're only a true howler. You give <laughs> if you- all of the money to the show.
0: <laughs> we'll totally do that, too. <laughs>
1: yeah. First step, play the lottery. I need to do first step. Uh, All right. Thanks, Rania, for the questions.
0: Yes, and if you guys would like to send a question in that we would answer on the pod, please email us at howlerpod at gmail.com, or you can just you know slide into our DMs real smooth. <laughs> like.
1: like Mustang slid into Darrow's <laughs> heart. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: what are we doing next week, a.k.a. What are we doing next episode aka the last ep for Golden Sun?
0: Uh-oh, here it is. Chapters 47 through the end of the book. Chapter 51 is the last one.
1: Guess what? I have a lot of anxiety. If we're
0: going to finish Golden Sun, guys. It's going to be
1: it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Don't worry, we will Literally come right back with Morningstar. (laughs) We won't leave you hanging like Pierce left us hanging.
0: We will be back with Morningstar.
1: Don't forget, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email, howlerpod at gmail.com. Rate and review us, five stars only. Otherwise, we'll cut your collarbone. We'll take a razor straight to that collarbone. Or we'll chop your head off (coughs) like carnice.
0: And then we'll whisper in your ear, rise so high. And you lie. Five stars, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Howlers.
1: Thanks, Howlers.
0: Omnis Verlupus.
1: Ow! Ow! Ow!